Are you lonesome tonight? Do you miss me tonight? Are you sorry we drifted apart? Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Significant Lovers. We are your hosts. I'm Kel. And I am Mel, and we are two cousins. Two cousins. From Boston, Massachusetts. That was trivia name. Well, mm-hmm. a little outside Boston, but... <laughs> yeah, not actually. <laughs> Greater Boston we live area. There, though. Yeah. We, we, we know the city, but... Mm-hmm. But now we're separated. Mm-hmm. I'm in New York. <laughs> Kelly was in New York, and she's still kind of here in New York, but she's also yeah, um, back to New England in New Hampshire. Yep. Slash New York. <laughs> Just kidding. I still live there, kind of. Yeah. Well, when she's well, here, she's living. Yeah. What do you call that? True. Living here. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, today is a huge episode, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I am so excited for this. So, Mel, you have no reason to be nervous. Mel is in charge today, but this is the one and only Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Quaid. And I should have let you say it. We love, no, it's okay. We love Meg <laughs> Ryan because we, like a lot of hopeless romantics, are obsessed with her romantic mm-hmm. comedies. Specifically, the two that we bond over so much are When Harry Met Sally and You've Got Mail. But yes. we also, I'll fuck with Sleepless in Seattle. I was like kind of disappointed yeah. in it when I first saw it, but equally. It's a top tier film, I think. Yeah, I should see it again. It grew I, on me. Have you seen any other movies with her? I don't think so, actually. I've, I've seen Kate and Leopold, but that was so long ago. And you've seen um, Top Gun. She is the voice of Anastasia, my favorite cartoon of all time. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. And I own a movie she's in, but I haven't watched it yet. In the Land of Magicus. Women. Oh, oh no! I have seen it in the Land, in the Land of Women, mm-hmm. but that was a long time ago too. And we actually pulled our patrons on Patreon. What is your favorite Meg Ryan movie of When Harry Met Sally? You've Got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle. Only two percent of people said Sleepless in Seattle. Wow. And Muna said, "Pretty shocked to see Sleepless in Seattle got no love." Also not shocked at the same time. (laughs) And 56% said When Harry Met Sally, and 28% said You've Got Mail, leaving 16% that said Never Seen Any of Them. I'm not surprised that When Harry Met Sally is the most favorite. I think that's what mine would be, Mm -hmm. too. Me, too. It's funny, because me and my friend May, we went to Seattle recently, and we were talking about all of these movies the whole trip. And she loves Sleepless <laughs> in Seattle, and my favorite would be When Harry Met Sally. And it was interesting for us both to look at our own love lives and be like, wow, the plot of both <laughs> of these has influenced our own romantic desires and interests. She, She's very into the love at first sight concept, whereas mm. I love the friends to lovers trope. And uh-huh. I do think that my love for When Harry Met Sally has probably influenced me very heavily with some people who I have had strong feelings for. So I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Especially <laughs> that scene at the end when it's New Year's Eve. I watch that every New Year's Eve, but I've also just oh. watched it and been like, this is 
gonna happen for me but it hasn't but <laughs> maybe someday yeah. i do love love at first sight i gotta admit mm-hmm. i don't know why i know it's like so simple but mm-hmm. <laughs> about it i do love so what is meg ryan's dating life in real like in real life is it anything like these movies ah uh, i'll let you decide but i don't think so <laughs> i think meg ryan oh. here's the thing about these movies is she plays not a yeah honestly a pretty similar character in a lot of the romantic comedies that she's known for where she's adorable and quirky and uh you know mm. a sweetheart maybe a little bit neurotic and i think she stubborn people, yes stubborn and people always assume that that's how she is in real life and so the story that i'm about to tell you it really comes in contrast with her characters and that will be a problem oh Oh. yep okay (laughs) (laughs) well i'm ready i want to hear it all right so the three words that i would use to describe them would be (laughs) idealized complex and disconnected oh no that last one Uh (laughs) yeah so here we are with meg ryan she was born margaret mary emily ann hyra can you believe that like, Whoa, how many uh, names was that? <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Five <laughs> names. I don't know why. Um, Can you say it again? <laughs> Margaret, Mary, Emily, Anne, Hyra. <laughs> I think, wow. I want to say Is she, Ryan in there anywhere? <laughs> no, and neither is Meg. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but she later, when she joined SAG, she went by Ryan because that is her grandmother's maiden name and i'm guessing that she Mm. was still called meg i don't know if meg is is that a nickname for margaret i didn't think it was but i guess it can be some people do that kind of stuff you know yeah so she was born november 19th 1961 in fairfield connecticut i guess that would make Mm. her a is that a scorpio yes i think so yes same as me Mm So her mom was Susan Jordan, a former actress and English teacher, and her dad was a math teacher named Harry, and she has two sisters and a brother, and her family was pretty devout Catholic while she was growing up, and even though she's still spiritual, she wasn't super Mm. Catholic herself. And then at age 15, her mom actually left her father and moved to Manhattan to pursue her dreams of becoming an actress. Which was very hard on Meg. Wow. This is going to be a big, you know, point of tension throughout her life and her story and even her marriage with Dennis Quaid. And I think this had a huge impact on her, obviously. And she was really popular in school, but I think it was really hard for her to not have her mom there in high school. Especially, like, she was the homecoming queen. She was a cheerleader. Like, her mom, like, really missed out on those experiences. My gosh. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy that then she went to pursue acting. I feel like I would always have kind of a weird feeling about that. Yeah. Well, so I think, like, she still saw her mom. So she went to NYU for college. So she's in New York with her mom. Okay. And she studied journalism, but her mom at this time was working as a casting agent. And so I think she was getting Meg set up on commercials and doing small gigs for just extra money on the side. And later, Meg would say that she felt kind of cornered into acting by her mom. I don't know how true that is. Like, she was... Hmm. She was an adult at this time, but 
she has said that she never intended to be an actress. Really? Mm-hmm. That's funny that she's studying journalism, because isn't that what Sally is in When Harry Met Sally? Oh, yeah, that's so true. She actually said mm-hmm. that, like, so this is already making her seem far less romantic than her character. She <laughs> said that she wanted to study journalism because she liked the idea of writing from an objective place and not having any emotion and mm-hmm. storytelling. Yeah, that is different. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, also... Anyone yeah. that hasn't seen When Harry Met Sally, obviously our whole show, like all the episodes are modeled mm-hmm. after, like the title is modeled after it. Just had to mention that. Yeah. Anyway. And so she then landed a couple small roles, like she was in a soap opera, but her first real role, I guess, would be in 1986. She played Nick Bradshaw's wife, Carol, in Top Gun. And then in 1987, Mm -hmm. she had a supporting role in the drama Promised Land, which landed her an Independent Spirit Award. So she's, you know, taking off a little bit. And I would describe her, well, actually, people have described her in these terms (laughs) as um, deep. And I have a quote from Dennis where he said, Meg has a lot of depth and range in her profession as well as a person. She's a deep thinker in that she questions every motive and action. She's also very into meditation, and she reads a lot. She's very spiritual. She seems like she's very into faith. Mm -hmm. She's charming. Billy Crystal said, Meg is everybody you ever wanted to go out with in high school who said no to you. (laughs) She's really loyal. Not to keep name dropping, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) Rosie O'Donnell said, as a best (laughs) friend, you feel that you could be intimate with her, and she wouldn't betray you. And then I'll name drop one more time and say that she's passionate. Tom Hanks said... Wait, who said this? um, Tom Hanks. He said she does have a definite way of just sitting around and curling up in the chair when you're talking about stuff. She absorbs a lot. She asks questions. But she doesn't do that thing that almost everybody does. They ask you the question because they want to answer it. Oh... Sounds like a nice friend. I know, she does. She seems like someone who's really present in the moment. And despite being known for her romantic comedies, she's openly admitted that she's not actually a romantic person herself and instead identifies as being more pragmatic and sensible. Wow. I would also say that she's pretty down to earth. It seems like she said so many times that she doesn't even identify as being a celebrity and then she often forgets that people would even know who she is. That's cool. And I I have a feeling, well, I'll get into Dennis Quay, but I have a feeling that he might be the opposite. I feel like he's like, he's good at being a celebrity. And I feel like to her, it's something she doesn't even really think about, if that makes sense. Mm. But who is Dennis? Is it weird? Is it weird when we do these episodes to refer to them by their first name, by the way? Is it weird that we call them by their first name? Yeah. (laughs) Because you know how publications will be like Ryan or Quaid, but I feel like this is casual. Yeah, but that's journalism. Yeah, okay. Journalism has to follow like AP style. This is not journalism? (laughs) (laughs) We do research, but Mm. I don't think. We obviously are biased too. Um, Yeah. These are no, these are. I think that we're more casual. Yeah. These are just our friends. <laughs> De- Mr. Dennis. That would be funny if we did become 
really formal like that. I know. Mr. Dennis Quaid himself. <laughs> so he was born April 9th, Kristen Stewart's birthday. Oh. 1954 in Houston, Texas. That would make him a... Guys, don't hate me. I don't know these off the top of my head. An Aries, right? I'm not sure. It is an Aries, I think. <laughs> so he grew up in Houston, Texas, and guess what? He did not move what? around. He did not move around at all. He had a very normal oh. childhood. He grew up in the suburb of Bel Air his entire That's life. Refreshing. I know. I wouldn't have expected it for him. His <laughs> mom, Juanita, was a real estate agent, and his dad, William, was an electrician, and he also has an older brother, Randy, and I think maybe a sister, too. I'm not sure. But <laughs> so his brother, Randy, is also a famous actor now. And he has said that his father was an alcoholic and that his parents divorced when he was a teenager. And at some point, his father remarried and he also got a stepbrother and a stepsister who he is very close with, but I don't really know much about. I don't know their names, to be honest oh, with you. That's okay. So, yeah, he had a normal childhood, though. He played Little League. He did swimming. He walked to school every day and he seemed to be friends with all the neighborhood kids. Just a typical mm. childhood. As a teenager, he was very shy and skinny, and he didn't make the football team, and so he then decided to go out for the drama department, mostly because they had an air conditioner in the room. <laughs> and it's Texas, so it was really hot. So that was, you know, a, That's funny. a luxury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so he began acting in the school plays, and after high school, he enrolled in U the University of Houston to study theater. And then in mm. 1973, during his junior year, he dropped out and moved to Hollywood. And he followed his older brother, Randy, who at this time was now a working actor, doing small roles, but could afford to uh, house uh, Dennis on his couch. Cool. And at first... I think you mean Quaid. Mr. Quaid. Oh, yeah, Mr. Quaid, yes. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> at first... Mr. Quaid really struggled <laughs> to find work, and he thought that he made a big mistake, but, you know, then he was only booking small roles. And then in 1977, he met this actress named PJ Souls, who was his co-star in the film Our Winning Season, and they began to date. Mm. And then during that time, he also, unfortunately, was really struggling with an addiction to alcohol and cocaine. And so he booked oh, no. himself into a 28-day rehab program at St. John's Hospital. And then after getting out at just age 24, him and PJ got married. And what? then in 1975, he... Sorry, I feel like I'm just like speeding through this, but he no. landed a supporting role in the film Breaking Away, which then got him on the radar of many more producers especially because the mm. film had been nominated for, actually might have even won the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. So it was a small mm. role, but big film. And then from yeah. there, he had a lot of steady roles throughout the 80s, but his next big role would be in 1983 in the film The Right Stuff. And after that, he became much more of a celebrity. And his relationship wow. took a backseat, so him and PJ ended up getting divorced in 1983 hmm. and then after that hi pj i know sorry cute name though that's a really cute name but very cute so after that like he was a big star now he's single he's in his late 20s early 30s and 
he's getting kind of caught up in the Hollywood life. He's, you know, going to an endless string of parties, and he has a lot of celebrity friends. He's doing a lot of drugs. Mr. Quaid! Yeah, and he's getting with a lot of ladies. I think he's a ladies' man. And I would describe him as being really energetic. He does have a lot of hobbies. He's funny. He's charitable. He's always really busy. He's a really good musician. He plays guitar and plays piano as well. Oh my gosh, wait. Did you say Breaking Away? Yeah. Wait, was the movie? I w- <laughs> yeah. I saw that movie a couple months ago for my family's movie club. Uh, did you like it? Yeah, I did. It's a good movie. He was like a main, one of the kids in it. Oh, he's a kid yeah. in it? Well, no. I mean, he's like a college kid. Oh, cool. Wait, looking it up now. Wow, yeah. he is He is pretty cute. He is. Damn. He, it, he is such a, I don't know, I feel like, different ages have such a look to them and who they consider like a babe and i feel like he is such a 80s babe no he really is he's got like the the way his like jaw is yeah it's i hate to say this this is like not politically correct of me but the <laughs> way that kind of hot guy looks i feel like usually doesn't age that well you know what i mean mm yeah. You can well, he looks older. Well, he looks... No, I feel but, like but he's he's aged pretty good now, but I feel like usually those guys really peak when they're young. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I get what you're saying. I feel like there's... Because I feel like he looks older than his age. Exactly. And that makes him look really manly and attractive, but mm-hmm. then... But then those guys yeah. can age just as fast. I'm talking yes. like the captain of the wrestling team look, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it might be offensive. I, I hope people get what we're saying. <laughs> but Brittany told us to keep in those moments while we're afraid. That's a thought that was, like, obviously not in my notes. The thoughts that are not in my notes yeah, and yeah, born yeah. in the episode can sometimes be hit or miss, but it's okay. He kind of has, like, a Tom Cruise look to him, too. I can see that, yeah. He's, like, he is really sexy. Yeah. He's got, like, a bravado to him, you know? It's interesting that both, I don't know, he, he seems, it seems like he wasn't actually, like, a popular guy in high school, but that kind that's kind of what he seems like when he's older. Yeah. You know what I mean? So true. Even though that's not a thing when you're an adult, but I feel like that's kind of his image once he's in Hollywood, that he's, like, a cool guy. But, you know, sometimes I almost feel like then because he wasn't like a popular guy in high school he's compensating for that once he becomes a hollywood Mm. star then it's he can't stop himself from hanging out with all the cool people and like partying a lot yeah but he also is very spiritual as well just like uh meg and that will come up later oh okay so it's 1984 and dennis has moved to new york city after living in hollywood and he's there to perform in the off-Broadway show *Trues West* with his brother Randy. And while there, that's he, nice. I know, cute. And while there, he spots Meg from a distance. And he would later say, "We lived about a block from each other on the Upper West Side, but we didn't know each other." One Sunday oh, morning, so cool. I was walking downtown to do a matinee when I see Meg in a blue sweater walking up the street, swinging her arms. There was nothing about her that I couldn't forget. Oh, swinging her arms. I know. That's so cute. So romantic. 
And around this time, a friend apparently had dragged, they always say this, a friend dragged me to his movie. Like, <laughs> why, why didn't you want to go? <laughs> it's so true. They, they always they say They always that. say, like, I didn't even want to go, but a friend made me. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I that's know. being honest or if it just makes the story more serendipitous but so she went to see like how often does that happen to you someone drags you to something uh, yeah so rarely like the movies nobody makes me see a movie i know i usually also don't tell people if i don't actually want to go also she's an actress she (laughs) (laughs) no but i do feel like that's something people say in interviews all the time yeah Oh, they dragged me. Whatever. But so um, they went to see Dennis's film, The Right Stuff, and she will later say, I remember thinking that actor was a real guy guy. Totally. They didn't meet yet. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, exactly. He's a man's man. (laughs) It's 1987. The couple finally meet for the first time while filming the sci-fi film Inner Space. But at this time, they were both in relationships with other people. Meg wasn't that famous yet. Like, she was still known for her small role in Top Gun. And she was dating the actor Anthony Edwards, who she co-starred in that movie with, Top Gun. And then Dennis Mm -hmm. was dating an actress named Leah Thompson at the time. And later, Dennis would say, we were both involved with people at the time, so nothing was going to happen. And Meg would say, he was... oh. He was miniaturized in the pod most of the movie, so there was not much interaction. <laughs> I haven't seen the film, but it sounds like his character shrinks <laughs> shrinks down and is, like, isolated. <laughs> so, but then in 1995, she would tell Vanity Fair, I remember the first time I saw his abs, we were making inner space, and he had to do a scene in which he didn't have on any clothes. He was in a trailer getting body makeup on, all of us were there staring at his abs and going, is there a sound those things make? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I've never thought that, but... Wait, wait, can you say that again? Okay, she says, all of us were there staring at his abs and going, is there a sound those things make? Oh, Like, okay. those abs are so hot, like, do they make a noise? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that doesn't... Like you can clench them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder. So, yeah. So, they're just having a professional relationship. And then it's 1988. And now they're both single. And they're once again co-starring in a film together. This time, they're starring in the thriller DOA. And Mm. apparently, Dennis was interested in Meg. But she was a little bit more reserved at first. And she later said, he wasn't what I was expecting in life. You know, the wild guy from Texas. I kept thinking to myself, no, not him. Please, not him. So I don't think he was really her type, is what she's trying to say. Mm -hmm. But then on one hot summer night while filming, (laughs) Dennis put his arm around Meg in a crowded bar. And he Mm. told Entertainment Weekly... It was like a thunderbolt. Both of us felt, this is it. We're going to be together. Wow. Cool. I like that we know that. I know. That's You don't always get those little details. I know. You really don't. Those are hard to come by. Yeah. So then right after that film wrapped, they took a trip to Bora Bora together, and they became official. 
And initially, they were really bonding a lot about both being spiritual seekers and would read passages from their favorite books together about enlightenment, enlightenment, and they did yoga together hmm, and meditated. Wow. Mm-hmm. I did not picture that. I know, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that's, I feel like, a very common thing that they both share throughout their relationship. So hmm. then after they wrapped that film and went on their trip that's when meg then was in when harry met sally playing sally albright and this is a film that would yeah this is of course a film that would catapult her into a-list status and Mm -hmm. she was significantly more famous than him now and in 2018 dennis gave an interview with megan kelly and he said that he struggled to cope with Meg's rising fame. He said, when we met, you know, I was the big deal. And then my career came to a halt. We'd go out on the streets of New York and it would be like, Meg, Meg. And I have to admit, I actually did feel like I disappeared. I didn't think I was that small, but I was. It was a growth opportunity. I learned from that. Wow. I wonder, I just, it's so interesting. Like, I wonder how it would feel if you weren't an actor or like you weren't trying to be famous would it still bother you or i think i think it would if you met them and they weren't that famous and then they became famous like that's true i mean we kind of saw that with albert einstein and oh yeah i think some other people too like suddenly you're competing with the whole world for their attention Mm -hmm. yeah it would totally change the dynamic but it totally changes the dynamic i think when it's the woman that is more successful than the guy, too. Yeah, yes, yes. I know. I mean, it might be a stereotype, generalizing, whatever, but it just seems like throughout history, men are not comfortable with the woman outshining them if they're competitors in a way, mm-hmm. if they're in, especially if they're in the same industry. I mean, I think some men are okay with it, but... Yeah, I I mean, that's a thing, right? That when women win the Oscar, they often get divorced afterward. Whereas women, I feel like, are often so willing and happy to support a man. Like, I feel like we've covered this so much on our show already, where the man is a rock star or an actor or something, and he's, like, doing his thing, cheating on her, whatever, on drugs, and the woman's just standing by him. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, it's seen, it's yeah. unfortunate, but it's seen as, like, emasculating for guys Yeah. in these traditional relationships because they're like, I should be the one that's providing. And yeah. It's... I know. Something people gotta mm. get over, but so... They had a pretty cute relationship. They seemed really madly in love. They dated for three years, and one time Meg hired a plane to fly a banner that read Happy Birthday, Dennis, over a concert <gasps> where him and his oh band, gosh. The Electrics, were playing. He mm-hmm. was in a band? Yeah, he was. I don't think it was like a crazy famous band, but mm-hmm. he played guitar. And then on her birthday in 1998, he hired a marching band to arrive onto the set of her <laughs> film. And play happy oh birthday God. for her. <laughs> those are both so extravagant. I know. I love, I love, love, love those 
airplane banners in the sky at the beach whatever mm, i don't know why. i know me I too me too <laughs> <laughs> makes me so excited and happy when i see one Even yeah if it's just an ad yeah. we're like dunkin donuts i know but honestly it works on me i love that they're doing this traditional yeah form of advertising well, yeah <laughs> um and it's exciting it's like entertainment on the beach that's that's really romantic mm-hmm. both of those are really cool wow but unfortunately, Dennis was still very much struggling with his addiction, and um, he was going on a lot of benders. Yeah, that's not in You've Got Mail. No. Or When Harry Met Sally. No, no, ah. that doesn't even exist in those universes. So he was back to doing cocaine pretty much every day, he said, and he would arrive on set after a bender, and everyone on the crew would know that he was really fucked up and it started began like began uh, affecting his career. So they got engaged in 1990 and the press was super obsessed with their relationship and no one really knew that behind closed doors he was very much still struggling. And mm. um, according to a 2001 Entertainment Weekly article, they apparently got in a very highly publicized argument in an LA club which I think was about his addiction, but I couldn't actually find, like they say highly publicized, I couldn't actually find any account (laughs) from that to hear any more details, but it must have been about his addiction because then afterwards there were a lot of reports that she had refused to marry him unless he got clean. So he then went to rehab for the second time and they had to postpone their wedding. Oh, man. I know. Like, they actually had a date set and they had to postpone Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. That's tough. And following rehab, she was really supportive and she would, like, go to support meetings and, like, do therapy with Dennis. But apparently Megan's... I mean, I don't think she goes by Megan. Apparently Meg's (laughs) mother, Susan Jordan, she had a fallout this year with Meg, which I think would last to this day if she's still alive like i don't think they ever rekindled their relationship and apparently really yeah apparently it had to do with dennis's drug use according to meg's mom though meg when she's talked about it has claimed that the problems go back way further and of course go back to when the mom left her father Mm. back when she was in high school but apparently Susan, her mom, had publicly talked about Dennis's drug addiction to the tabloids. And so that disobeyed Meg's trust. And her mom also began maybe writing a tell-all book about her, but I don't think it ever was published. Oh, my gosh. I know. We saw this. Didn't we see this with somebody? Oh, Jennifer Aniston's mom did this same thing. Yes. Ugh, that's such a betrayal. It is. I think her mom must have been pretty fame-hungry, and I bet that's why Meg is often like, I don't even care about being famous, because it's something she Mm kind of resented her mom for. Yeah. She's seen her own mother stoop Mm -hmm. to such low levels for attention and money. That's upsetting. I know. Mm. I always hate to hear about that happening, like someone being estranged from their parent. I know. And her mom even 
like her mom had breast cancer and so meg would be asked about that in interviews which i think is a little personal but would be asked Mm -hmm. like would you feel guilty if you didn't rekindle her your relationship with her and she would say "I, i don't think about that I mean, but it must have been really hard for her to have to make that decision, be in that position where she had to actually cut out her mom, you know? It's crazy that that's such an intimate, such a personal question. I know. It's crazy a stranger would ask you that. I know. I feel like they don't really go there anymore. I know. Because social media would shame them. I know, exactly. So then it's 1991 and Dennis has been clean for several months and on Valentine's Day, he suddenly tells Meg today's the day while they're staying at a Bel Air hotel. And so the concierge tracked down a minister and they got married in their hotel room. She was 28 and he was 36. Wow. I wouldn't love that, but I think because she's (laughs) she's estranged from her family, there's... It's probably easier to get eloped than to have a big party. Mm-hmm. Wow. I actually didn't know they got married, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. She would later tell the New York Post, I was laughing and crying at the same time, and I realized I could have never gotten married in front of a whole group of people. Yeah, some people feel that way. Yeah. I, well, whatever. No, I, I, I like a wedding, you know. I love, I love a wedding. wedding. So. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> I love it. If I was her friend, I would be very upset, but <laughs> that's okay, Meg. And three months later, we got married. Yeah, it only took three months. Three months and <laughs> oh, yeah. three months and 11 years or something, 12 years. Oh. I love that. Um, yeah, no, th- she's... I feel like that's already so contrary to the romantic comedy mm-hmm. character. She doesn't even have a wedding. Like a big wedding ceremony. But there is something quite romantic, I think, about people getting eloped. I do think that that is really sweet and kind of sexy, too. Yeah, him being like, today's the day. Mm -hmm. That that is On Valentine's Day. Yeah. And the whole rush of it all, like, that is really sweet. (laughs) So then it's 1992, not long after. Their son and only child together, Jack Henry, was born via an emergency c-section because this baby weighed 10 pounds so wow pretty big baby <laughs> that's big right 10 pounds yeah, yeah. i think so yeah <laughs> i had to think about it but yeah i would not yeah, how much did you weigh do you know um i was premature i think i weighed five pounds oh so small i know what about you i think i was like seven something okay so I think that's normal. Yeah, I would not want something 10 pounds, like, coming out. (laughs) Coming out of me. Just (sighs) put me under. Wow. Um, So after Jack was born and while Dennis was still recovering, their family spent a lot of time in Montana where Dennis had purchased a 200-acre ranch. And they practiced – Dennis, like, did a lot of his – activities he did a lot of fly fishing and piloting during that Mm. time so he's like he's Mm -hmm. such a man of his hobbies you know Mm. they also that's cool yeah they also bought a 1917 bungalow in santa monica so they're very they're in la but they also spend a lot of time in montana isn't jack now an actor Mm -hmm. he is he's pretty successful he was in the hunger games yeah i just had such a weird thought like what if he listened to this podcast oh my god that would be Uh, so weird (laughs) he's pretty cute and he looks just like he looks like a perfect combination between his parents 
he does. I know that that's such an obvious thing to say because he literally is, but some people, not as much. You don't see it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I look nothing like my dad whatsoever. He, Cute. He was in, yeah, The Hunger Games, Oppenheimer. That's a big one. That is a big one. Good, good for you. Yeah. Jack. So, yeah. So <laughs> then, after a lot of back-to-back, back-to-back film projects, Meg decided to take a step back and just focus on being a wife and a mother for a short while. And she was profiled in Vanity Fair. And Dennis talks a lot about those early years when he was struggling with his addiction. And he said, she stayed there and stuck it out with me. It was a big test of life on me and on me and on her and on the relationship. But we really loved each other enough to hang in there. We've been together for about eight years and people go through all different stages. People change and we've been able to change along with each other. Then he laughs and says, I can't speak I can't speak for her. I know for myself, I ain't letting go. Aww. Which is sweet. It is. Meanwhile, Meg in the same interview says, Every day I'm surprised that Dennis and I are still together. But Dennis and I both come into this bringing something new to the party. Neither of us is the kind of person that thinks the other person is going to make us feel one way or the other. We're very intact, separately, so that when we come together, it's about something else. Hmm. Hmm. Didn't Suki Suki Waterhouse just recently said the same thing? Like, I'm so surprised and I'm still, like, happy with the same person. (laughs) I don't know if I would love that. I guess not. I, know. I mean, I guess it's realistic, you know? <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, I, I think I would not like to hear my spouse say that. Who would have <laughs> thought I'd be happy with Mel for five years? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I didn't see that happening. <laughs> Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> but every day we bring like, something. Like, what if I don't bring something one day? I know. What do you bring? That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, reading too far into it. Um. Yeah, so it's so weird, though, because... The, oh, my gosh. The interviewer asks Meg. This what? is, like, how crazy the times have changed. Because they're talking about how... Dennis used to struggle with addiction and the mm-hmm. interviewer brings up that sometimes drug addiction can lead to problems in the bedroom and that sometimes oh my last two episodes <laughs> why has this been a theme <laughs> I know now take a drink every time drug addiction leads to erectile dysfunction <laughs> oh my god but, but should I add that to the drinking game <laughs> Maybe you wait. No, wait. Didn't that also come up with Elvis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, yeah. from Elvis. But then also in the last episode, yeah, it wasn't drug. It wasn't from drug addiction, but it was. It wasn't from drugs. It was like nervousness causing <laughs> some kind of dysfunction. <laughs> this, you know, this actually is, I think, a common problem in relationships. Though, it so is. I'm very happy that we can highlight it. it. Um, but thankfully, yes. actually, I know we're laughing, but it, it's very normal. It is very normal. Okay. You don't have to be embarrassed. But so, the fact. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm like, I'm actually blushing right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but so, we can be relieved though, because this wasn't an issue. Meg's laughed, and she says that's never been a problem with Dennis. Okay. <laughs> 
I can't believe someone asked that. <laughs> I know. They, What the hell? They don't go there these days. It's a little disappointing. Like nowadays, it would turn on the interviewer and be like, how dare you? I know. But in the same interview, she says that Dennis is more romantic than her, saying, I don't get my feet swept off the ground very much. I just find that I'm very grounded. Hmm. I know this is kind of psychoanalyzing, whatever. I don't know her, but I wonder if because of what happened with her parents, she's just been unable to get too excited or to feel... I wouldn't want her to think this, but, like, fooled or something. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, that she thinks... She just wants to be realistic. I think... I don't know. Yeah, no, 100%. Like she's on edge. I think she <laughs> is. I think she's scared, and she seems to have a wall up. But, I mean, Dennis's parents also got divorced. He does seem more romantic than her, but... I know. It's it's funny how some people react... Everyone reacts differently to things that happen to them. Mm-hmm. You know? Everybody really is different in their own way. Yeah. And we're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> different and the same. But that's the beauty of life, you know? I know. Um, Contradictions everywhere. And I, I feel like anyway. this couple would love to have that conversation because they really were so spiritual. Like, I do think they had a lot of deep That's cool. conversations with each other. And even in 1996, they took a trip to India together with their son, Jack, as a part of their spiritual journey where they meditated a oh. lot and met with a lot of different gurus. And they even had their own personal guru that they, like, consulted with. Um, yeah, so they, they get it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that goes to Meg being so like, present in the moment. Like, she's very much, like mm. gra- like she said, grounded. She's not, like... Mm-hmm. I do think a l- romanticism, in a little bit of a way, requires some sense of anxiety because you are thinking a lot about the past and the future. And right. if you're a grounded person, you're just in the moment. So you're not, like, letting yourself be romantic. That's true. That's true. Um, Highly romantic people are way too caught up in the past and the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I would say that's myself, so. Me too. And it can be a problem. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't think it necessarily makes me a more peaceful person. No, no, no. But it's fun. It is fun. And also I can't control it. So, I mean, maybe yeah. I can a little bit, but that's just my nature. Right, right. So then it's 1999. Once again, Meg is profiled in Vanity Fair. And in the article, she makes it sound like they purposely don't appear together in public that much as a conscious choice to fly under the radar. And she reveals that they don't have a full-time nanny for their son and they share parenting responsibilities evenly, including driving him to school every day. And that they have a very strict rule that one parent is always home while the other one is working. Which is very normal. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. This article talks about how while Dennis is a successful actor, Meg is considered the star. And they point out that many Hollywood marriages would tend to crumble with that role reversal. And she mm. says, nothing about us has ever been based on ideas about each other's careers. I've never once read a sentence about me. I don't read reviews. I don't read articles. I don't have any awareness of what my public persona is. And in the interview, yeah, I know. I like almost don't buy it, but she always <laughs> says that. She goes, I don't read. Like, she's like, I have no idea about anything, mm. which is good. Like, she obviously must have a lot of self-control. Yeah. 
Seems like it. And in the interview, she says that they're open to working together again, but it doesn't sound like she's that interested in it. Mm. She says it would be interesting, but it'd have to be based for a film that has a good message that's for a good cause. And she goes on to say, like, they're not... I don't know. She's like, who would want to even watch that? She's, she's not excited about the idea at all. Um, interesting. And I thought it, this was interesting. They asked Carrie Fisher about Dennis and Meg's relationship. I feel like they don't even do this anymore. They don't ask the celebrity friends, like, what do you think? Yeah. What the heck? It just feels so human. Carrie says on Quaid's confidence, he's really grounded, a real guy, and she really respects him. And then... Okay. Carrie says that Dennis worries when Ryan's stardom might endanger her. One weekend, Meg and I were going to the Renaissance Fair, Fisher recalls. Dennis said, you can't go, you're too famous. He's not daunted, he just notices and guides her that way. Okay. I feel like some might find that a little controlling, someone telling you you can't go to something. Mm -hmm. But I can also see that being protective well i wonder if he really was like you can't go like mm-hmm. <laughs> blocking the door like literally saying she can't go or just being like you can't do that you're too fan-. you know what i mean like yeah exactly you can't in the same way that you'd say like you can't go out in the snow wearing that like, yeah that's true you know i don't know how he said it yeah that's true i mean it's, it's like <laughs> carrie is taking it as a positive thing so Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And then in the article, Meg goes on to say, the whole situation with Dennis is so outrageous and fun. It doesn't make any sense. If I had to write down about us on paper, I would never put us together. But I think that's part of the romance. It's always the unexpected person that turns out to be the ideal. He is the unexpected person in my life. When I first saw him, I went, oh no. He's this huge individual with this really big persona, and that scared me. I imagined I'd be with a Madison Avenue type or at least an East Coast type, but instead I'm out (laughs) riding horses and chasing bears. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if that's an interesting... Uh, There's a lot to think about with that. (laughs) I wonder if that's an interesting question for the audience, like about falling in love with someone who's not your type. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's romantic in itself, like the unlikely pair. I love like an odd couple. I know. In movies. That's again one of the best tropes ever, but I I also do think being in that relationship you could in your head be like, yeah, wait a second. I thought I was going to be with somebody that was like this. I always imagined myself mm. with I don't know, a writer in new york i don't know i don't know what she meant by East do you Coast, but, think but um, okay this is my question for you kelly because you ha- definitely have a type do you think having a oh mel no but like <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but like, but like i think for you having a type has i feel like some people might think it's limiting but i honestly maybe i do have a type <laughs> and like you can tell me but i think not having a type 
in a way was has been limiting for me because I'm like I don't know what I'm looking for so then the pool is so much larger mm-hmm. and there's nothing I'm focusing on but like, I feel like having a type right. can actually be really helpful because it helps you like break down okay this is what I'm attracted to you know does that make sense <laughs> Yes, it, yeah. It I does. hope you're not First like of all, it's not intentional. Yeah. It's not intentional. No, whatsoever, no. But I do think it could be kind of because I, I do think when I was a teenager, I was often daydreaming a lot about who I would date. Mm-hmm. And, but I will say, even though I think I have had a type, I do think that their personalities have all been different. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I think knowing what kind of person. I mean, he sounds like he's spiritual. He's into the, like, deep conversations with her. Like, that's a type of person that she's yeah. looking for. I mean, I think it's just like, having someone that shares values or is interested in the same things as you is a good place to start. But that doesn't mean they're going to have every single guy or girl you date is going to have like, the same personality. Just yeah, because exactly. they're all, you know... I feel like because they're all into baseball or something. Yeah. Every time <laughs> someone, like, talks about a type, like, it is in a way, like, in a... a superficial sense like you don't really know Mm -hmm. somebody until you get to know them but I feel like having a type I wish I had more of it on the surface level Mm. so that way it would be easier to identify an initial attraction Mm -hmm. which can make you more excited like in the beginning I I think you kind of do I mean I haven't met everybody that you've gone out with but (laughs) I I think you do but (laughs) (laughs) so while they're in LA like most of the time they also spend a lot of time on the ranch and they actually have no staff there very down to earth Meg does most of the cooking and cleaning and Dennis chops wood and tends to the horses (laughs) and cool the writer (laughs) of this article Michael Schneerson I don't know how to say it, Um, but he says it isn't the stuff of tabloid scandals, this reading on the ranch and saddling up Jack for his first cattle drive. And she and Quaid, as she and Quaid just did. And in that sense, Ryan really is her screen persona, apparently as clean living as she seems, unlike some other contenders for the title of America's sweetheart. Okay, that's kind of like shading people, but um, (laughs) he says, who? I know. He says, it's not headline grabbing, but it is in its way subtle and complex as real life is more compelling than film. How do you keep a good marriage going? And how, if you're an actress living that life, do you find films about that to do? I actually don't think it's in this article, but to that question of like how to keep a marriage going at this in the same year, Meg said in in an interview there's so much mythology about getting together and there's none about staying together and staying together is what's so hard like basically saying that like real life is so different from romantic comedies yeah and then that same year she was cast in the 2000 thriller proof of life alongside australian actor russell crowe and they would go on to film the movie in Ecuador in London in spring of 2000. Okay. So now it's 2000. And oh, wow. there are tabloids of eyewitness reports seeing Meg Ryan and Russell Crowe reportedly kissing all over London <gasps> and even snuggling what? up together at a David Bowie concert. 
what? Mm-hmm. Jack, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> I'm sure he knows. He knows. So th- I know. What is happening? So then in the, on June 29th, Megan Dennis's public publicist releases a statement to people magazine that the couple have decided to separate which they say is a mutual and amicable decision though they didn't comment on whether they would divorce but later i think like the next day or something dennis filed for divorce Mm -hmm. (gasps) and then in july photos come out of megan russell leaving a party together thrown by tom hanks which just validates the rumors that they're a couple and that she left Dennis. Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Tom oh Cruise. God. Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, her co-star. He's in on this. No, but she is still really good friends with Tom Hanks. I do have a feeling like he's a uh, team Meg. But okay, I need to know: Did they break up because she's with Russell, or were they already keep listening? Keep listening. Okay. Okay. But so. Of course, Meg's mom is coming out of the woodwork. Susan, she has to open her mouth and talk to the press. Yeah. So around this time, she tells the New York Post, I began reading all these falsehoods and lies about me in the press after she met Dennis Quaid. These were lies constructed by my daughter in order to enhance her image and certainly to protect Dennis Quaid. Everyone knows Meg as this wonderful... How does that enhance her image? I know. Like, seriously. I don't think Meg is going out of her way to bash her mom. She's just reacting to things that her mom is saying. Yeah. And Susan goes, Everyone knows Meg as this wonderful persona, the saving angel for poor Dennis Quaid. But I think it was a very handy thing for her to do, to present herself as a savior of this troubled soul who was a drug addict. How would it have looked if it came out that I had noticed this first? She had to discredit me to preserve her image. Trust me, I know what it's like to be lonely in a marriage. I don't know Russell Crowe from a hole in the wall, but I see them together in pictures (laughs) and I can tell there is something there. I wish she finds the love she so desperately wants from him and that she is finally happy. Oh my God. What? I'm a little confused about what her point is. Her point is like, okay, so apparently her <laughs> falling out with Meg had to do with Dennis Quaid is what she's saying. And she's saying it's because she told Meg that like Dennis was a drug addict. But yeah, he did struggle with addiction and he got help. Like, so her mom's happy that she's with Russell Crowe now? Yeah, I guess so. I think her mom, <laughs> it seems like her mom claims that Dennis is what got in the way of her and Meg, but I don't see what Meg did for her to think that. Meg, she was just supporting her boyfriend and then husband. What's so wrong with that? I don't know. Mm. I think what happened is her mom openly dished in the tabloids things that she shouldn't have. And then mm-hmm. together as a couple, Meg and Dennis had cut her out. But so now Meg's mom seems happy that the marriage had failed, which is. That's not right. I know. It's terrible. This, But this article where they speak to Meg's mom goes on to mention that Meg is around the same age that her mother was when she walked out on their family. And they try to draw a lot of parallels to make it seem almost oh, wow. like ironic that Meg could be guilty of walking out on her own family. Like she has a nine-year-old son. And, <gasps> no! Um, and they also say, like, Dennis is desperately trying to save the marriage. So it's making it seem like she's guilty of the same thing that, like, she resents about her mom, you know? Which I think is not fair. 
but and I wonder if that's even true. Was he desperate to save the marriage? Um, I don't think so, but we'll see. I think okay. I don't. Okay, I don't think he like wanted to get divorced, but I don't think he was innocent in this whole situation. Okay. So then it's fall. Um, well, right before fall in August, Meg officially also filed for divorce, which I didn't know people both filed. Maybe if they disagree about the terms or something, but so it's mm. over sadly it's september and <sighs> there are concerns that the affair the alleged affair between meg and russell crowe will hurt her good girl persona and there's this really telling entertainment weekly article and they say that after a test screening warner brothers actually cut out a sex scene between meg and russell because the audience felt that it made her character seem less sympathetic and then not to spoil, but the film that her and Russell starred in together would go on to be a box office failure. And the film's director, um, Taylor Hackford, said it, like the scandal, had an incredibly and very destru- destructive effect on the release of the film in the U.S. because the real-life story overpowered the film. Oh, man. Like, it's kind of not fair. The film maybe wasn't going to be a success anyway. You don't know that. I know. I do... It's interesting. I want. I feel like people would want to see the movie more because of the scandal, right? That's what the Entertainment Weekly article was saying. They were saying, like, people probably didn't even hear about this film, and now they have it on their radar because yeah. this is really juicy, and they want to see, do these actors really have chemistry? <laughs> it's like a car crash. Kind of reminds me of that Don't Worry Darling movie. Oh, yeah. With... Olivia mm-hmm. Wilde and Harry Styles, that whole thing. Jason Sudeikis. Did you see it? Yeah, I did see it. I did. <laughs> it worked on It wasn't me. enough to get me. <laughs> wasn't enough to get me in the theaters. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, though, that Meg had this very romantic, good girl, America's sweetheart persona. So, like, the people who identify yeah. with her are not the people who would be... On, like, That's captivated by the idea of her having an affair. And they seemed like they had a great marriage. So it's really upsetting to think that, like, she would throw it away. Yeah. For people. What happened? Yeah, so it's October and the film Living Proof comes out, or it's, or it's about to come out. And Meg and Russell, they don't openly talk about their relationship and they really don't do a lot of press for the film. But they're not shy about displaying their PDA. Like, they're very much a couple. Wow. Photographed by paparazzi a lot. And she does an interview with W Magazine, and she says, so this is what it feels like to be the Scarlet Woman. Oh, I'm having that experience now. And about the divorce, she says, my marriage and the dissolution of my marriage, well, the real reasons for it will always be speculation because I'll never talk about what went down and neither will Dennis. It dissolved before it became sport for the press. The public and the press turned it, tuned in way after. So she's basically saying, like, the mm. marriage was already over, like, before her and Russell were even spotted mm. together or had anything. And about the rumored affair, she said, the reasons why he and I broke up have nothing to do with another person. My marriage was broken. Nobody else broke it. And the interviewer asks if maybe Dennis had been unfaithful 
in their marriage. And Meg says, we both behaved very honorably in our marriage and in our breakup. He never cheated on me. I can't believe they're saying that about him. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And their, like her and Russell's relationship mm. ended up fizzling out in December. So it was a really short-lived relationship. So we should cover that. I know, <laughs> I know. I do think they went on to stay friends afterwards. Oh, nice. which is nice. So then, in two thousand one, in July, and Dennis is interviewed in W Magazine, and he comments on the divorce for the first time, and he says, "When you break up, your whole identity is shattered. That's why it is like death. It is death. Next to losing a child, the breakup of a marriage is the hardest thing to go through." kind of refreshing to hear a man how, how say did, that it is refreshing yeah. but how does he even know what it feels like to lose a child he doesn't he hasn't experienced that i think he's assuming mm-hmm. which i do think like so drastically different obviously I haven't experienced that but i think th- those i don't think you can say that's even like next to it i think that's i know even like some people do what about losing your spouse oh well, yeah some people do debate this like if it is more painful and i think it's I think it's obviously more painful if your spouse passes away. But, like, I have mm-hmm. heard people say with a marriage, like, that also comes with a form of rejection. Whereas if your spouse passed away, they they still died, like, loving you. Or you can still be comforted in that. That's true. And still yeah. feel like you're allowed to love them for the rest of your life. But with the breakup of a marriage, like, it can be so devastating because you also have to let go of the love that you have for them in a way, you know? It No, I do think it would be excruciating. Mm-hmm. <sighs> to to lose a spouse from Sad. to have a spouse pass away though that takes away any possibility like if you got yeah, divorced true. as devastating as it is and even if there's literally no hope you're gonna get back together it's never impossible so you can be comforted with that mm-hmm. but so he shares in the interview that he and meg are friendly and that they share joint custody of their nine-year-old son jack and he says meg and i still talk almost every day our relationship is good he said we were together for 13 years we have a child together she knows me like nobody else why not you know meg and i are always going to be together we'll always be connected that's just the way it is if anything we can be fuller people maybe we've become more of ourselves mm-hmm. which is very zen of him like he's really thinking about yeah, this yeah, yeah. and trying to see the positive <laughs> and but you know yeah. he's he's not wallowing in pity he's back on the dating scene he was linked for a while to two different women including andy mcdowell and then shanna mogler so it seems like he's moving on and dating again and then after the breakup meg's acting career definitely pivots away from romantic comedies she starred in the dark psychosexual thriller in the cut in which she plays a frustrated poet and lecturer who becomes involved in a murder investigation and an affair with the officer in charge. And apparently, Ooh. I think Nicole Kidman was originally supposed to be in it, and then she dropped out, and then Meg, she really wanted to be in it, so she even auditioned for it, which is something she wasn't really doing anymore in her career. And mm. it's a very different role than audiences were used to seeing her in, and there's also a lot at this time written about her being nude in the film, especially since she's almost or over 40 which again really sexist but people are almost Mm -hmm. like we're kind of mad at her she's so different really yeah people don't like her anymore because she's just so different from 
who they knew her as in these romantic roles mm. and they're like now she's in this sexual movie and she had an affair she's very mm. much getting a lot of flack but in this article yeah. she denies that she felt any pressure to reinvent herself the writer says that unlike many actresses at her age she has no shortage of parts on offer. Instead, she puts her willingness to take such an apparent risk down to what she calls life experiences. She says, I understand that contradictory things exist in one person, she says a little. And the writer of the article, Andrew Anthony, says, the defining life experience of her past five years was the end of her nine-year marriage to Quaid in 2000 and her simultaneous affair with Crow, her co-star in Proof of Life. What kind of internal contradiction that rots is not something upon which she chooses to elucidate. But the radical departure from her on-screen persona was there for everyone to see. Her characters were not the type to leave a husband and a son to travel around the world with an Australian womanizer. And Mm. she says, there's this play put on by the Zygeist and I've got a role. There's this archetype that's been assigned to me, nothing I've constructed. But if you betray the archetype, then you suffer the consequences. I was really able to distinguish between that and me. And what it's given me is the completely great freedom. I really don't care. People can write whatever they want and say whatever they want, and I don't care. Man, it's a bad situation. <laughs> I know. But then later she would go on to say that she felt like this role in, in the film, in the cut, was what got people to turn on her. I think all of this is, like, really sexist. It's kind of, like, what could have happened with Kristen Stewart, but didn't. Yeah. But people thought it would. People were so mad. They did. Yeah, they did. They, what do you mean? Yeah, no, it, but, like, in the long run, I don't think it did as much. Dude. Well, she was still young when that happened. That's so true. She had time to bounce back, but if Meg Brown was 40 when this is happening... Wait, that's so true. Hollywood kind of says you're already over. That's true. She already had that against her, and then this happens, it's like a nail in the coffin. Yeah. Yeah. But Kristen Stewart was in her early 20s. That's true. So she had a couple years, but I mean, I feel like there was a good amount of time people hated Kristen Stewart and would you're call right. her a homewrecker and all these horrible names and she was doing a lot of small movies and it kind of seemed like she was like over that's true but then she came back yeah 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 people are a lot harder on women when they cheat it's yeah unfortunate do you think that that's true or an exaggeration that she left her family and went off around the world I th- with some man i think she obviously broke a social norm of if you're getting divorced i do think it is probably better to not be like flaunting a new relationship but Mm -hmm. i don't think that she necessarily was cheating on him but i'll get to that that does come up actually okay but yeah I, i think whatever she was guilty of is what men do all the time and they really don't face the repercussions that much if anything sometimes with these guys we've covered it's just expected (laughs) that they're gonna cheat on their wife it's and women are so accepting and forgiving of it so she really was like held to this different standard um and she would later say though that she felt like that role was what got people to really hate her she said i think the feeling was the feeling with 
Hollywood was mutual. I felt done when they felt done, probably. But yeah, and it almost, it's interesting because I feel like she purposely, almost as a form of rebellion, took that role to play into what like people thought of her, but it just made people more mad. Hmm. So then we're in the mid-2000s. Everyone's moving on. It's 2004, and Dennis married his real estate agent, Kimberly Buffington, and they welcomed fraternal twins born via surrogate in 2007. And they would be married for the next several years. They divorced in 2016, and now he's remarried to his fourth wife. Wow. And Meg's career during this time also it really starts to lull, but she starts focusing on other things. She's doing a lot of traveling. And then in 2006, she adopted a baby girl from China. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And as a single mom. And then I have clips from 2006 when she goes on Oprah. So let's talk. I, when you were dating Russell Crowe, mm-hmm. there was lo- you, you took a lot of heat for that. Yeah. 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 My, what was true? I'm, what wasn't true? Well, my marriage was a... I think I have to talk about it in a way that's most respectful to my son. Yeah. It was a very unhealthy marriage. Yeah. And it was pretty much not a happening marriage for, for a very long time. I probably should have left much earlier. And I'm mm-hmm. very, I was very sad, actually, that it all had to come apart in the way that it seemed to have. You know, mm-hmm. that it, it was never about another man. It was mm-hmm. only about what... Our, my and Dennis's relationship just couldn't sustain, you know? And, it's, and I think once the tabloids get a hold of three celebrity names, you're just, just really in trouble. No, your name goes on that board yeah. every week, and there it is, yeah. baby, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Do you think you took a public bullet for something that wasn't really your fault? You do? Yeah. In what way? Well, I think I did, and I think, I think honestly, Russell did too, because he, he, he wasn't a homewrecker. He took a lot of heat for that, and mm-hmm. he had a lot of grace, frankly, about not saying, not talking about things that he knew were going on in my marriage. And, and I always, I'll be very grateful to him for a long time for that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was around at a, you know, a divorce is an impossibly hard transition in your life. And mm-hmm. he was there for a few months and, and, uh, and, you know, I didn't leave my marriage for Russell Crowe. I mm-hmm. left my marriage. Because your marriage wasn't working. My marriage was not working. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh gosh, I love Oprah. Me too. It really. She. Oh, Meg Ryan is. She still looks like her cute self. I know. And oh. that is interesting. Like, did you? Do you feel like you took a bullet for something that wasn't your fault? That would be. Mm. That does require a lot of self control as a person. If you're getting so much yeah. hate, to not come out and be like, well, you guys don't understand because. Right. We have barely been together or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If that is true, I do think if you still loved your Mm ex-husband, like Dennis, she wouldn't want to go out there and be like, well, actually, like, he has problems. Yeah, exactly. You know, we are, you know, she doesn't want, it's like a tough situation to be in because you don't want to slander someone that you do care about. Yeah, that's true. But then your reputation's being tanked. But, I mean... What you said before, like, even when she was way younger, that she never really cared about being famous, whatever. It's, it's, if this is all true, it's pretty nice of her to just take it Mm -hmm. and let her reputation get ruined. Yeah, it's so interesting because in the same interview, Oprah kind of says this to a lot of the 
people she interview interviews that get divorced but she's like but you guys looked like yeah. such a beautiful couple like <laughs> you're on the red carpet you had this amazing marriage was that all real and then Meg goes, well, we weren't even really showing up to red carpets towards the end together. We weren't even going to things like as a couple. <laughs> and it just takes me back to that article in 1999, which is like the last full year of their marriage, where the article makes mm. it sound like they don't go to events together on purpose because they want to fly under the radar. Like they don't want a lot of publicity. Right. But actually, it's because they couldn't stand each other like it's so funny <laughs> yeah and it's like it, it maybe even both things are true mm-hmm. maybe they would always get in bad moods when they did stuff like that so then mm-hmm. they thought oh it's better if we just don't yeah let's just stay home yeah you can do your own thing mm-hmm. you can always put a positive spin on things but uh yeah relationships are so complicated i know so speaking of there's more <laughs> on that oprah interview okay <laughs> Here we go. I think this is really interesting because I, obviously I do this show, so I talk to women all the time who are in bad relationships. Or how? I, I bet there's an estimate. I don't know if anybody's ever done this, of when it starts to go wrong, you know it really can't be repaired. How yeah. long do you stay after you know it's really over? I think you want it not to be over. Very much. I yeah. mean, you. But you, I hear people like some. Yeah. For some people, it's like seven years. It's like I knew seven years ago. It wasn't I knew five w- years. You knew five years. Yeah, easily. Really. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. you have children. You know, people have children. There's yeah. a lot of. There's this whole thing that you need to sustain. There's a lot of. Even if your marriage isn't good, and even if you need to get out, you still feel guilty somehow. Which. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, I, maybe that's a female thing. I'm not. I don't know. But, but but it's crazy how you have to talk yourself into protecting yourself. And mm-hmm. so there are times, and I think every woman's life, where she really does need to get out and expand and do all those things. Get out, all those things that make her her the best version of herself. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she knew for five years. Oh, that's tough. Wow. I feel like that would be wow. really hard to hear if you were the other person or if you were oh. their child. That would be tough. But that is, oh. I do think, like, to me, their marriage just seems like so many other married couples where they are kind of unhappy and the romance has died. And it's unfortunate. And it's sad if they were so spiritual. It's like you would think that would be something that they'd be able to be more connected about in a way but i just think it didn't work it's scary to talk about like i don't want that to happen to me i know it's like at one point they were hiring marching bands and pilots to do these big grand gestures he was putting his arm around her in a on a hot summer night at the bar and one thing led to another like Hmm. what happens i know but (sighs) I mean, I feel like there's probably so much we don't know. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm not married, so I'm not a marriage expert. But just what she said about, like, expanding, still growing. Mm-hmm. I do think when you're in a relationship, it is still important to make sure you're still doing that. Yeah. good to do things on your own, and you don't have to be, like, tethered. It, it shouldn't feel that way, I don't think. I don't know. I feel like that happens a lot in relationships, but... This is so bad, I feel like, for me to speculate, but I almost wonder what? if 
You know how they talked a lot about how they didn't have a staff at their ranch and they did all the chores. And obviously that's good because they were very traditional in that way and down to earth. Yeah. But I almost wonder if they like outsource some of the more mundane things. Do you guys think then a couple would have more time to spend with each other to work on the romance? You know what I mean? Like, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like the richest people have the most relationship issues sometimes. You're right, actually. I don't think it would make a difference. I agree. You sometimes, (laughs) no, I agree. You sometimes think those household chores are the things that are causing all this stress. But you're right. It's like you could have all the free time in the world and still not really be getting along. Yeah. Something to think about. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's 2008, and Meg does an interview with InStyle, and she opens up more about the divorce. She says, It was a great story, but what wasn't in the story was the reality of my marriage for nine years. Dennis was not faithful to me for a long time, and that was very painful. What? I found out more about that once I got divorced. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because she said, <gasps> she said before, he never cheated on me. I can't believe people would even say that. And now she's saying years later that he did cheat on her. What? Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe it. Probably. <laughs> I mean, he was a famous actor. It happens all the it time. It literally happens all the time. It's crazy. <laughs> You're, like, so shocked the wife cheated. The, the husbands do usually cheat in a lot of these stories that we cover. He's a big celebrity. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but it's, I think the shocking part is that she had previously, was he, was she protecting him? Or, like, did she just find out later? I wonder how she found out. I don't know. Oh. Uh. So then Dennis is not happy that she said this, though. And he goes to the Daily News and he says, It was eight years ago, and I find it unbelievable that Meg continues publicly (laughs) to rehash and rewrite the story of our relationship. Also, I find it regrettable that our son Jack has to be reminded in a public way of the turmoil and pain that every child feels in a divorce. I myself moved on years ago and am fortunate to have a happy, beautiful family. It was eight years ago. Move on. I hate that's like really belittling. Something I know. Ugh. Yeah. It's tough because he is using some good weapons here. Like, yeah, you're right. You know, that's upsetting for Jack. But yeah, that is a good weapon. Come on. Like, yeah. She, her reputation was tanked because people said she was cheating. And then if it is true that you were too, I think she has the right to set the record straight. A hundred percent. Like, how dare you let her take the fall for this? Yeah, what? If you were cheating on her. <sighs> That's I thought you were going to be different, Dennis. I know. I, like, I do. That is a good point about Jack. I can see as a parent being like, why are you bringing this up? But like, he can't be that obtuse to be like, it's like... Th- it's like I know this has followed her around for eight years now even him saying it was eight years ago yeah that's eight years that her life has been changed since this happened it makes yeah. sense that after all this time she's gonna set the record straight right oh no it's crazy when like later on it gets messy I know oh man I'm sure like that might come hand in hand with maybe like other disagreements that they might have when it comes to parenting they also live far it's kind of similar to marriage story like i think she went to new york he's 
spending a lot of time in LA and Montana, I bet there was like strife mm. and arguments right. that arise in that situation. She mm. she goes on to say in this article that Russell Crowe, Crow, as she said in the Oprah interview, wasn't the reason for the divorce. And she said, I think he took a big hit, but Russell didn't break up the marriage. He was definitely there at the end, but it wasn't his fault. I was a mess. I hurt him, too, at the end. I couldn't be in another long Oof. relationship. It wasn't the time for that, so I got out. Hmm... So maybe we can cover wow. them someday. <laughs> but she goes on to say in the interview, I am not a victim. My time as a scarlet woman was really interesting. As painful as it was, it was also incredibly liberating. I didn't have to care about what people thought. And it was also always really so curious to me. It's an old fashioned idea. So anachronistic. I understood it was a compliment about being lovable and it felt nice, you know, but it also felt after a time like ideas were being projected onto me that had nothing to do with me. The girl next door to what? Interesting. I know. It almost seems like she did feel like trapped in a way by her persona and like being lovable. And mm -hmm. I think there's a part of her that did kind of enjoy breaking out of that. Yeah. Wow. Then in 2011, she started dating musician John Mellencamp, and they were off and on for a while. And she later mm. got engaged to him, but they broke up in 2019. Why do I feel like I've heard of him? Yeah, I do too. Mellencamp. He does the song Jack and Diane. It's yeah, that's him. It's from the 80s. Oh, oh you're right. Was like an 80s guy. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We know him. Okay, yeah, we know him. Yeah, Jack and Diane. So, yeah, then in 2015, Meg made her directorial debut with the drama film Ithaca, in which she also stars opposite, once again, Tom Hanks. I think they must be super close. Mm -hmm. And her son, Jack. And Jack, so it's a coming-of-age drama about a teenage boy, played by Jack, and his newlywed widowed mother, played by... Meg. <laughs> and it's based on the book of the same name. And in an interview, Meg said that she first read the book during her divorce from Dennis and that she really connected with the story because she was very concerned about her own divorce and how that would affect Jack. And she said mm -hmm. that she related to the book because the grown-ups in the community didn't necessarily have all the answers, but they were always there for the there for the transitions this young man had to make and i think she was very mm. concerned as a mother like she knew from her own parents experience that divorce really affects a child and was really worried about that with jack mm. that's interesting and then jack yeah he's now a famous actor in 2016 he went on a podcast at 23 years old and he says it's one of those weird ages for your parents to get divorced so this was looking back on when he was nine or eight years old mm -hmm. he said you're old enough to know what's going on but young enough to be kind of naive about it it's a whole deal it's hard to ignore when you're at a grocery store and you're checking out and you look at magazines and there's a photo of them with a little paper rip graphic between them it's a hard deal wow i know that's sad that's crazy to like actually have to see that oh your two parents, like your mom and your dad, I feel like... I I can't even imagine. I cannot imagine. I know. I can't even put myself in his shoes. That's crazy. Because I feel like it's already such a big deal if you're a kid. And then to, like, see reminders of it, I wonder if it almost, like, makes yeah. you, like, desensitized to it or something. 
I feel like it would make me so nervous, though. I know. I, like, whatever my parents are telling me, and then if you see something different written in the magazine, you might be scared. Like, what's the truth? Yeah, you're like, can I even trust my parents? So after the breakup, like I said, Meg's career seemingly never really was the same again. She was in significantly less movies and then after 2015, she didn't work at all until this past year. Like, wow. she didn't do any acting at all. And in mm. October of this year, 2023, she said, I took a giant break because I felt like there were just so many other parts of my experience as a human being I wanted to develop. It's nice to think of it as a job and not a lifestyle. And that is a great way of navigating it for me. But she also just, like, mm. admits that she also turned 40 and there were just, like, less roles that she was interested yeah. in that were available to her. And probably the role she did get offered, she wasn't interested in. Yeah. And just At this point, she's already achieved a lot of success. I feel like she doesn't really care about, like, chasing anything yeah. else. She's, like, very much about looking inward than chasing anything outward. I mean, if I had the money, I would love to pursue random things. Yeah. <laughs> I never think it's that weird when actors stop acting. I know, wow, yeah. It's a lot of work. If you could just chill, why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure she has hobbies. Yeah. She can travel. She still gets money. <laughs> She's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame her. It's kind of, it's almost mm -hmm. nice. It's like, okay, now I have an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> but the last thing I have is in 2018, Dennis was on Andy Cohen's show and Andy asked what his relationship with Meg was like. And he said, we're friendly. Yeah, we are. Obviously, we did a really mm. good job co-parenting because look at the result. And that's nice. I think they are friendly. But yeah, that is when Meg Ryan met Dennis Quaid. Wow. Um, I, I feel like this could be a movie. I mean, it's they, yeah, a lot more... I, I don't know. I mean, it's not going to have that happy, they end up together ending, but it's nice that it seems like now they're okay with each other. <laughs> happy, but... Uh, it doesn't seem like they're, like, friends or anything, but I think they're fine with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't she in a romantic comedy that's coming out this year? Yeah, so that's, like, the first role she's done. I was reading about it. Yeah. It actually seemed pretty good. But I totally forget the plot now. I know. I kind of want to see it. We should wow. see it. We should. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely not, you know, when Harry met Sally in real life. And I guess that's expected. You can't expect her to literally be those characters. I know. Aww. I think she is I, I really cute and, like, lovable and stuff. But, yeah, she's definitely a little bit more guarded and i don't know that's crazy i feel like i kind of when i was younger missed the whole thing those years of her being like a scarlet letter Me too. woman <laughs> i that's the thing i'm i'm guessing people who were older than us at that time like they remember yeah. it better but it seems like society has moved on from it now yeah i think so i don't i never hear people talking about that mm -hmm. when she comes up so Oh, wow. Well, that was really interesting. I didn't know any of that. So thank you, Mel. Yeah, thanks for ah. listening. I can't wait to see pictures of her and Dennis. Yeah, they had... For the week that we promote this. They had such a cute look. Like, I feel like 
people there's this one time yes. they were on the red carpet and they both wore matching pantsuits iconic oh. oh i can't wait to look mm. at pictures of them oh my gosh well mel do you want to tease our bonus episode that will be on patreon next week yes next week <laughs> it will be a little bit more recent and we're gonna explore a very short-lived engagement that should be a drink mm. as well a short engagement <laughs> a broken yeah, engagement it Broken engagement. Uh, uh, yes. I'll add that to the... add that. Yep. And it was... I guess people thought this was an unlikely pairing at the time. They did. An odd couple. Can't wait. And as always, we have bonus episodes every other week. I'm sure you can mm-hmm. see them in the feed. You can subscribe just for a little bit and listen to them all. You don't have to stay forever. Of course, we would love it if you stay forever. Mm-hmm. And we have polls now on our Patreon too. And yeah, if you if you enjoy this podcast, if you've been listening for a while, we would super appreciate it if you give us a review. Ugh, feel weird asking for that, but <laughs> they say you should. But all in all, thank you, Mel. This was an awesome episode. Thank you, guys, and we'll get back together next week. Get back together next week. Is your heart filled with pain? Shall I come back again? Tell me.